Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book nudge, improving decisions about health, wealth, and happiness. Think about this, when you dine with a friend who's a foodie, do you eat more? Will you make a smaller donation if you notice a suggested donation is $50 instead of $100? Do you always buy the extended warranty when you shop for appliances even if you will never use it? Do you think the death tolls from hurricanes, riots, or bird flu are higher than from asthma? In fact, our judgments and choices are often wrong because we are not as clear-minded as we imagine. We fall prey to prejudice, and our thought patterns are irrational. In the previous examples, an incoherent approach doesn't particularly matter, but if we don't know how to save for our retirement, how to choose the best school for our kids or how to improve the environment, the wrong choices will have a negative impact on our lives. We need another perspective to help us avoid making incorrect decisions about these important issues, this is known as nudging. Today's bookie will help you understand what nudging is and why you need it. One of the book's authors Richard H. Thaler is a pioneering economist in the fields of modern behavioral economics and behavioral finance. In 2017, he received the Nobel Prize for Economics. He is a professor of finance and behavioral economics at the University of Chicago Business School, presiding over the behavioral economics research work at the U.S. National Bureau of Economic Research. You can also listen into a bookie of his misbehaving, The Making of Behavioral Economics. The second author is Cassar Sunstein, the former director of the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs in the Obama administration. Both authors have conducted in-depth research on behavioral economics. Various public institutions have drawn on their research results as a framework for decision-making. Nudge was awarded the Financial Times and Amazon's Business Book of the Year and was Book of the Year in The Economist. In the following three chapters, we will explain how behavioral economics helps the government guide people in making sensible choices in the fields of health, wealth, education, and so on. Part 1. The Necessity of Nudges Part 2. The Six Principles of Good Choice Architecture Part 3. Applying Nudges in Various Situations First, let's look at why we need to be nudged. Traditional economics holds that consumers and producers are always perfectly rational. The former acts to maximize their utility, and similarly, the latter always acts to maximize their profit. They are economic man, but in life, we know that such people are rare. Most people can't do two-digit multiplication and division without a calculator, and they forget their loved one's birthday. Social beings may be wise, but they are not completely rational. Compared to economic man, their predictions often miss the mark. Nobel laureate in economics Professor Herbert Simon once said that people have only bounded rationality, their thinking ability is limited. In the bookie that introduced Thinking Fast and Slow by Nobel Prize winner Daniel Kahneman, we noted that people have more than one cognitive system. One is rational based on awareness of surrounding conditions, 
the other is based on intuition and emotional responses. Traditional economists hold that people usually think rationally and make decisions wisely according to a plan. In fact, people often use intuition to make decisions because just like instinct, it is quick and direct. However, intuitive thinking often involves bias. People are lazy and tend to maintain the status quo. This is a troublesome phenomenon, appropriately known as status quo bias. The author Sunstein encountered this issue in real life when he received a letter from American Express. He was offered five magazines free for three consecutive months, so he gladly chose the five magazines. But at the end of the three months, he kept receiving the magazines, and then he had to pay unless he cancelled the subscription. In the end, for ten years, he was charged for magazines that he barely ever read. He would have unsubscribed long ago if it wasn't for the status quo bias caused by intuitive thinking. Moreover, people's intuitive thinking makes them susceptible to temptation. Intuition makes everyone blind, even rational economists. Thaler once invited his economist friends to dinner. Before the main meal, Thaler served his guests with cashew nuts. They munched on the nuts and would have continued until they lost all interest in the main dish if Tala hadn't taken the nuts away. The guests thanked him. The guests were so tempted by the nuts that they just kept eating them. They didn't realize continually putting cashew nuts into their mouth that they would lose their appetite for the dish that was to come. People's intuitive thinking holds them in a comfortable situation. Diminished self-control and mindlessness make it difficult for people to behave in a way that is in their best interests. We need nudging precisely because intuitive thinking habitually prevents us from making rational decisions. Simply put, nudges are not a means to compel, but a means to arrange an environment that makes good choices more appealing, directing people's decisions and ultimately helping them to live more fulfilling and healthier lives. The purpose of nudging is to aid people, giving them scope to adapt and improve unhealthy lifestyles. It may sound paternalistic, but nudging is non-coercive. The original motive is safeguarding freedom of choice. The two authors describe it as libertarian paternalism. A different sort of professional namely a choice architect is needed to implement nudging. The choice architect will improve people's lives by improving their decisions. Next is an example to further illustrate exactly what nudges are. What should we do if we want children to eat more healthily at school? Should we ban junk food at school? This is a mandate, it is not a nudge. What would a nudge be then? Changing the location of the food would be a solution. Carolyn is the director of food services for a large city school system, in charge of the meals for hundreds of thousands of students in hundreds of schools. Let's find out how she does it. Without changing the types of food supplied, Carolyn simply altered the way food was presented. Then she watched and tracked how much of each food was sold in different displays. For example, some schools put the French fries at eye level for children to see, while other schools put carrots in the same spot. Carolyn discovered that food presentation greatly changed the volume of sales with a fluctuation of up to 25%. In other words, 
the food environment affected children's choices. Carolyn learned how she could increase children's choice of healthy foods and discourage them from eating unhealthy foods. In the last example, the children still make their own decisions, and their rights are not restricted. This effect is what we call liberalism. It guarantees people's freedom of choice. However, when Carolyn affected children's behavior, libertarian paternalism occurred. She helped them pursue a healthier diet by presenting the foods in a considered way. Libertarian paternalism is the use of non-coercive methods where choice architects like Carolyn influence and guide people's decisions with the aim of making lives healthier and happier. Nudges are strategies that benefit people by influencing their choices. As mentioned previously, even if human beings are usually irrational, they don't need nudges for everything. Nudging applies only to important situations where people lack self-control, where beneficial choices are rare, and where there is no feedback for misguided behavior. Nudging is helpful at times when a choice doesn't produce an immediate consequence or where choice can't be optimized through trial and error. For example, among other significant decisions, when choosing the best mortgage, a good university, or lifestyles that prevent heart disease, we need to apply suitable nudges. You may wonder why we need nudges from the government and other choice architects, since we have relevant and available market information. We are informed for example on how to act to lessen the risks of heart disease. Remember the example mentioned earlier of Sunstein's magazine subscription. His choice was wholly driven by the market. As a result, he squandered magazine subscription fees for 10 years. Of course, we are not saying that cancelling a subscription requires the government's help. All we need to know is that companies strive for profit, they don't help consumers make the most beneficial choices. If anything, they'd prefer to take advantage of the consumer's irrationality. So, do you still think it's wise to trust the market in decisions affecting important areas of your life? This concludes the first part of the book's content. We have understood that humans are social beings, irrational, and often fall back on intuitive thinking. Not only does this kind of thinking makes us prone to prejudice and error, but it also makes it difficult for us to resist temptation. We can't rely on the market to make the right choices, we need nudges in important situations where our self-control is lacking. At such times, when we are blind to consequences, we are unlikely to make the most beneficial choices. Nudges can maximize our benefits while preserving our freedom of choice. Let's take a closer look at how nudges help us make sound decisions. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de.